I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Hello, welcome to today's episode. Today, I've got Ben Millette on. He is such a fantastic quilter. If you don't know his work, go check it out. Um, he is just so prolific with color and such fun design and he designed blocks for the spooky season sampler he had a block in the quiltmas spectacular for 2023 he's also got a couple of blocks in the cosmic mini quilts 12 minis in 12 months quilt along so go check that out it looks amazing they are zodiac inspired blocks so that you get all of the zodiac signs one block per month so go check that out and we dive in a little bit to the process of what it's like to enter quilts into QuiltCon and just quilt shows in general. So go listen to that. And in the meantime, check out Ben's work online at Ben Millette on Instagram and www.benmillette.us is his website. So go check that out and let's get into the episode. That's right. It is time for my shameless plug for Patreon. If you have not checked out Patreon, now is the time. When you go to www.patreon.com slash notyourgrannysquiltshow, you can find some random posts, my thoughts, some topics for discussion, as well as when you join as a paying patron, you'll receive a Not Your Granny's Quilt Show sticker sent right to your door and you'll get exclusive early access for that week's episode. So head on over to Patreon today and check it out. And now back to the show. Okay. Well, welcome to the show, Ben. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to finally chat with you. I've been following you for a little while and seeing all your makes and the lovely color that comes through all your quilting. So this is... Thanks. Been... How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Just trucking away. Super busy, but <laughs> thus is life, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Well, since, you know, we're all quilters here, let's dive in and tell us where you got into quilting or where it entered your life. For sure. Um, I, I think one of the earliest experiences that I had with patchwork, I'll say, mm -hmm. is in I think in fifth grade, I was in this, not to brag, but I was in the talented and gifted program. Mm. And um, I mentioned that only because as part of that program, we, there was this little side exercise where one of the teachers was presenting the opportunity to create a patchwork block. Um, oh. And I thought that was really cool. And it was, um, I think we used paper templates that I used to trace with, I think it was just pencil onto mm. the, onto fabric. Um, and it was a, it was some sort of pinwheel sort of design with blue and white fabric. Um, I look back and I, it was hand-sewn. I mm. don't know how she got me to do that, but, um, <laughs> but it, um, so that was my, my, my first experience. And I thought that was cool. Um, but really my grandmother was, if there wasn't a craft or um, artistic endeavor that she didn't dabble in. And one of the things that she did in, in one phase of her life was to make quilts for all 14 grandchildren. Mm. Um, and I think wow. she did it all, did all, all of them in one year. 
I think. Anyway, so she she made a quilt and for me, and it was all green, and I loved it. Um, and then later in life, uh, she started making quilts for each of the the grandchildren again as they got married. Mm. But when she was not able to um, quilt them or to to make them um, on her own, uh, the call went out to all of the grandchildren to to make a quilt for a queen size quilt for one of the cousins who was getting married. Um, and as the oldest, I felt um, obligated mm-hmm. is probably the right word um, to to do that, especially since like I had I had the time. Um, and some inclination to do it. And so I made a, a queen size quilt um, on my small um, singer machine, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. But I think what I really enjoyed was then making quilts for nieces and nephews as they were born. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even more so, I enjoyed the in-between times when I could piece I could come up with the designs for for quilts all myself and um, cut the fabric. Obviously, that's part of the quilting, but um, really come up with the designs, the geometric designs. Um, I really enjoyed having that artistic outlet, um, really the tangible fabric um, and Mm -hmm. then playing with color and getting to see what different color combinations would do for for a quilt and um, found some color combinations that I did not like and knew that <laughs> I didn't want to do again, but yeah. um, th- that's just part of the experience, obviously. Yeah, for sure. We all have to go through that phase of being like, wow, that's really fucking ugly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then you move on and make something pretty that you do like, and you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but well, going back just a tiny bit, first of yeah. all, I am the oldest also, so I feel that like I immediately was like obligation like my head was like right there with you so and it's not like a bad obligation you're just like I'm the oldest it's my job to step into this role and so I totally get that um and then what else oh I was going to ask you so that quilt that you helped your grandma with what number like how many more quilts were there to make after that one you know for the cousins getting married or how after many? that unfortunately after that things um kind of petered out um and we ended up not making additional quilts for any of the other cousins Mm -hmm. um unfortunately they that's i think it's unfortunate that they didn't all get quilts but um i I think i think the gap um from that marriage to like the next marriage Mm -hmm. was far enough that there just wasn't the the motivation maybe or mm-hmm. the, the the drive to do that um that's not to say that there weren't um cousins who were part who, who were forming partnerships um during that time but um those weren't those weren't being recognized with quilts i guess um oh, okay for whatever reason sure um, sure so. interesting did yeah. were you the recipient of one i was yeah nice. Nice. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was really fun. My um, at the time, um, I was, I was working on my PhD in plant pathology, studying potatoes, and um, oh my, my 
my fiance, she was studying child psychology, but she also really liked cats and playing playing piano music. Mm. And so my grandma had had pulled together green things, potatoes, <laughs> tomatoes. Um, like, uh, so these were green fabrics and like fabrics with potatoes and tomatoes, but also applique. Um, mm. potatoes and tomatoes <laughs> I think I think there's some eggplants too oh, um, along with cat fabric and music fabric wow what um, a combo yeah yeah um so and because I was li I was living in Minnesota at the time um she especially worried that we would be too cold um mm. and so it it had I think it had fleece on the inside it had fleece backing mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure it had the that um, silver mylar or oh. whatever it is that that the that marathoners get at yeah, the yeah. end of the race. Um, so it ended up being way too hot to to be able to use um, <laughs> at all. But um, the thought was there, and she she really did not want us to freeze. Um, oh, that's really sweet. appreciated. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's like, okay, Grandma, go overboard, but also you're like. How do you say no to any of it, you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, that's funny. Potatoes. Um, so I'm in Idaho, which mm -hmm. is the potato state, also um often gets mistaken for Iowa. So it's oh, yeah. um I don't know about you, but I'll like in our kind of like, you know, oh, Idaho stores like come get some fun, you know, travel kind of things. It's like we have the shape of Idaho on a shirt, but then it says like it says Iowa on it. And so it's just kind of like the joke around the state. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah, we, we we get some Idaho and get some Ohio also mm. sometimes. But oh yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean corn's a little different than potatoes, but still a starch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Okay, so we can go back to your quilting timeline as far as like, what did, yeah, I guess like, when did it become more of a focus of hobby for you and um, yeah, take over your life like quilting does? <laughs> yeah, I, th I think it was uh, probably in like in 2018, um, it was becoming more active of um, like weekends and evenings, it would, it would it was taking up more time. I was giving it a higher priority of my time. Um, and then uh, my now husband and I um, bought a house in, in 2018. Ooh. And there was a room in the basement that um, we that I called the craft room. And so I set up all my sewing stuff and my husband had a few drawers in one of the chests for <laughs> like his cross stitch things, but oh, it was, okay. it was our craft room. Sure, um, sure. Anyway, with, with that room, um, I was able to leave up, leave the machine all set up and had space just to, to spread out. And so um, I think having that dedicated space really provided more incentive to prioritize that time even more um, mm -hmm. not that I didn't enjoy taking things um, before we had the house like taking things down and um, 
so I could set things back up, but there's that mental load of, do I have enough time to set things up and make substantial progress mm -hmm. before I have to take it all back down mm -hmm. um, that I d just didn't have with, with the craft room of, well, I can just open the door and get to work yeah. if I wanted. Um, yeah. yeah, so that, that really um, took a, uh, once I had that space, that's really where I put a lot of my energy into into quilting and um, and even though I, I we still have that house and in that room um, there's a studio building here in Des Moines called mainframe studios mm -hmm. and which is the largest nonprofit studio space in the country oh wow um, there are about 200, over 200 artists in 180 studios. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I would come visit here um, during their open studios, like, I think I want to get into mainframe and come have my own studio here. Um, and a studio space opened up and so I, I jumped at it. And I think one of the drivers was that I knew that if I got a studio here, I would have space for a long arm that hmm. I just would not have in the in the craft room. Um, yeah. And I wasn't willing to take over any of the other rooms of the house um, <laughs> for, for the long arm. So, yeah. um, so I've, I've been in the studio um, about 18 months now. And that's, it's been really helpful for me to just to have even more of that, um, that sort of separation yeah between between the house and having this more art driven space so even though it's um not my profession and mm -hmm. it's probably still should be classified as hobby um it's it's nice having having the space here um i think one other driver for having this was that the craft room became my home office um mm -hmm when we were working from home um yeah. and that that was starting to get to me of i would just turn around and there's <laughs> all my sewing stuff yeah and then when i'm sewing there's the work computer staring at me mm -hmm. um yeah so um you, now that i'm partially working from home it is still nice to have the studio space to really focus and um i think the biggest win for me of the space aside from having space for the long arm is those open studios mm -hmm. of just being able to have um other people stop by and um as as they're visiting all the all the different studios come in and talk about um their surprise that there are quilts um and yeah. if if they usually when they the, when they make comments they're like it's so brave of you to make quilts that are so contemporary and so modern and um <laughs> which which i appreciate if this is their first exposure sure. um to that could could seem really um bold and daring even though i am part of the modern quilt guild and there are thousands and thousands of quilters who are doing um similar uh contemporary quilting yeah. um and so i think 
just even being able to help expose other people to the side of quilting, um, if, especially if they're used to the, the much more traditional um, and help them see that quilts are art. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, yeah. obviously they're, they're functional too, but um, sure. that, that other aspect that you can just hang quilts up on the wall. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's where I'm at now. Awesome. I love that you have a separate space at home because I didn't for a long time. And now that I do, it's like that same kind of like, okay, I can step into my room, everything's set up. I don't have to like pull my machine out and set it all up and get the iron, you know, it's like everything's already in its place. And so it is so much easier to just sit and create. And I still don't do it a lot at home because I'm always sewing and quilting <laughs> outside of the home. Um, so sometimes I like have grand plans to get home and make this thing. And then I get home and I'm like, absolutely not. But I think it's hard too, because when it is like speaking to having a separate space outside of your house, like the care tasks that are required of you at home kind of start to invade your thoughts while you're sewing. And you're like, oh, I should be, at least for me, I shouldn't speak for anybody else but myself. But <laughs> for me, it's hard for me to sit and sew when I'm like, oh, I should really be doing more laundry or I should be scrubbing the bathroom floor or, you know, whatever enter task here that I haven't done for a long time and had no gumption of doing until I sat down to sew. So it is kind of nice that I do most of that at my, my parents' house, which is where we work. But, um, cause sometimes we'll just set aside time to do our own little projects. And my mom's got 10 times more energy than I do when it comes to making stuff and getting stuff done. So she's really good at being like, nope, we're going to make this today right now. And she'll just like get everything out. And we'll start making a project. And so it's kind of fun, but anyway, um, but yeah, having that separate outside of your home space is I think important. I'm obviously not everybody has that, but when your work and hobby and personal life all start to smash together, it's really hard to like not feel guilt in any arena when you're doing one versus the others. And it's like, so when you, if you can have separated space, that's, that's like really nice. <laughs> yeah, it, it is really nice. And like, I, as I, as I think about it, sometimes I, especially when it's snowing outside, mm. like why do I have a studio that I have to drive through the snow now to, to it when, when I could go downstairs? Um, so, but it's a, it's a net positive to have mm -hmm. the space. And I'm, I think it's, um, I, I think back to when I started quilting, um, in the apartment that I, that I was in, uh, with my husband that like, it was a 900 square foot place. And so it, it wasn't huge, mm -hmm. but I know it's larger than some other apartments. Um, and then moving to a house that had partially finished basement so I could do the work there mm -hmm. um just I know for myself I I benefit from having that space and it just makes I marvel even more at the people who don't have those the dedicated spaces but they still churn out not churn <laughs> <laughs> um that they, they they still create awesome magnificent um, pieces that um which i think is just a, a good reminder that you don't have to have all of this space mm -hmm. um and 
I, so I, I, I do count myself really, really lucky to have all, all of the space to be able to, to work and, um, you don't see right now, but I'm, I'm in front of an entire wall of windows, oh um, in this, in the space. And, um, so to, to have the natural light and all of this all of the time is, yeah, I'm really lucky to have this, this space. That's awesome. And yeah, like sometimes you don't really get like optimal lighting or, you know, layout at home and, and yeah, I'm with you. Like I marvel at the people who can get so much done in like way less space or with way less kind of access than some, some of us. And like, uh, the house my parents are in, which is again, where we work out, out of, um, they, cause in their old house, the long arm was in the basement, which was fine. There was like a big playroom down there. We called it this like computer at one end, ping pong table at the other end. Um, and we're like, sorry, ping pong table, you got to go. Cause we've got this big machine to stick down there. Um, anyway, so when they were looking for a different house, they needed similar space. They just wanted a different layout because their seventies style kind of very boxy modular situation was not ideal, but anyway. So the house they found the the previous owners had torn out a wall between two bedrooms in the upstairs. And so it was perfect for Millie because we need, you know, we've got this 12 foot table that you can't just stick in any old bedroom. And Great. um we were like, we went upstairs and I was like, Michelle, if you don't buy this house, I'm quitting. <laughs> I got okay. <laughs> um, but it's just so nice because yeah, again, like tons of windows, lots of natural light. There's two, well, one closet was kind of ripped out and there was a chest that was put into the floor kind of space, but it's nice because we have curtain rods and hang our batting rolls up there. And then the closet has other storage stuff. But anyway, it's just that space feels like such a privilege. And even though the, there was plenty of space in the old house in the basement, it was the basement and the lighting sucked and I hated being down there and I was like, we got to do yes. something about this. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's definitely nice when you kind of get that kind of airy open feeling of like, oh, I can breathe. I can do what I want to do in here and exactly. experience that. And the long arm yeah. space is like, if you have one, you can't just like stick it anywhere. You have to have, <laughs> you have to have space for it. And, yeah. you know, depending on what you're going to do with it, some people just want it for themselves and don't plan on doing big, big quilts, but we went industrial because we were like, <laughs> we're going to be doing this as a business. We can't just have like, we can't get the small one just to try to cram it into a corner. Like we need to let her take up as much space as she wants. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, I, I feel that whole like vibe of just like, I need some more space. I need something separate. Like, and yeah, the long arm is like almost that's that has to come first when you're thinking about your space if you have one and then everything else comes after (laughs) exactly yeah so um when did you start long arming um in january of this year um so um i was approached by handy quilter last year to um become an an ambassador for their pro stitcher um Hmm software um their pro stitcher system mm-hmm. um and 
yeah, so I, I, I got my machine in the Prestiger computer um, in December and moved into, moved from the fourth floor of mainframe into the second floor into the studio um, in January. And so I set up the long arm den and um, yeah, it's, I've really enjoyed the the pro stitcher and the long arm. I don't do any free motion quilting um, with the long arm. I, either. I, I've, I've tried free motion on my domestic a few times, which I, I know is different using the long arm, but um, I like the, the, the sense of control that the computer gives, even though, mm-hmm the amount of control is just slightly more than free motion quilting, I think. Um, Cause you, it's still fabric and still right. thread. So, but um, being able to come up with the designs that I want to put onto the quilts and um, see those realized um, mm-hmm. was really exciting. I yeah. am really happy about that experience. That's awesome. Yeah. I love long arming. I, I always say that it's my favorite part of the quilting process. Like, I mean, you know, piecing's fine and I'm obviously proficient at it. I do it as my profession, but like if it takes too long, I get so bored and I just want to be done. And, but once I get that quilt on the long arm, I'm like, okay, here we go. We get to like give this baby a personality and it's just so fun to watch watch the designs just get stitched out and the precision and the consistency I think for me because I did start with doing um like free motion and paper pantographs that's how we learned and um man I hated those paper pantographs so (laughs) much I was like this is so dumb I can't follow these lines and it looks stupid and crooked and like a five-year-old did it and I just kept getting so frustrated and so with the computer it's like so nice so so nice is that like the consistency I think is where to me it lets me relax but also feel like I feel like I have more control over what's happening on the quilt so yeah I mean my, my favorite part of the quilting process is either design or the piecing I I do enjoy the piecing and seeing the quilt top um and even though like i would i would quilt on my domestic machine um i think the the opportunity to use pro stitcher mm-hmm. has really helped me to to think more to think differently about the quilting process because do i want to try something fancy or do i want to do straight lines okay mm-hmm. i'll do straight lines um mm-hmm. on, on the domestic and yeah. so now I mean, th- there's still confines that you have to work within uh, with with the long arm sure. um, of like you have to do everything within 12 inches or mm-hmm. or so, which is a fun, fun thing to work around. To, uh, it's a fun uh, variable that you get to work with to think about if I do this design, how how am I going to make it work in this space or how do I adjust it so that if I have to advance, mm-hmm. I can still make it all work. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, I have to think differently about the, the quilting process. And um, I think at this point, piecing, I, I feel very confident in my piecing skills and um, I can get points to match, which 
-hmm. I know is not always important, is not important for everybody and rightfully so. Um, (laughs) But for me, it is important. And so I, I appreciate this, this um, additional opportunity to expand my skill set and work on something a little different than, than what I have been doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me too, learning how to long arm helped me be a better, a better piecer, a better quilter overall, because I understood more about quilts than just, Mm. I made a top now somebody else finish it or, you know, my very first one, my, my friend Jen long armed it for me because she had already taken a long arming class and had been long arming for her mom and for herself for a couple of years, I think. And so after she forced me to make a quilt in the first place, she's like, don't worry, we'll finish it for you. I'll, buy, I'll long arm it. Beth will bind it. And I was like, good, because I'm not touching this thing ever again until it's done. And so and now I still sleep with it on my bed every night. It's fine. But um, <laughs> But then about a year later, my, my mom and I took the class together and it was just like, oh, I get it now. You know, it's just, yeah. it's crazy what you thought you knew, at least for me, again, I can only speak for myself. It's like crazy what I thought I knew about quilting and sewing until I also became a long armor. And now my knowledge is so much more robust in that sense of like the process and why things work and why some things don't work and why, you know, obviously I don't care how people make their quilts. I'm not any sort of quilt police. Like I don't care. I don't have any judgments. The only thing I will say is that sometimes machines, some machines don't handle certain fabrics together very well. And so if I'm ever saying like, don't use this with this, it's not a judgment. It's a, my machine will break kind of thing. So, (laughs) um, but you know I never would have thought about those things had I not learned how to long arm or not learned that part of the process and and I think it it made me think more about how I was putting my quilts together and seeing my quilts come apart at the seams because I didn't give myself the seam allowance I was supposed to when I went on my early quilts makes me go oh shit okay now yeah. I see why that's important. And, <laughs> and even in the long arm, I mean, if the seam pops open and the foot catches, you've ruined your quilt, you know? So there's just so many yeah. little, little details that matter so, so much when you're the long armor or when you're sending your quilt to a long armor that maybe you wouldn't think about otherwise. So I like exactly. really always strongly encourage people to go take a class if they can at their local quilt shops if that's available or you know listen to other long armors because I think it really does like knowing the entire process really helps overall I don't know what you think about that but (laughs) yeah yeah it is definitely it having the machine and doing my own long arming now I understand why why it suggested that this the backing seam be horizontal um and not vertical yeah and because it's like well it's the seam regardless but just when you're rolling mm-hmm. it's you don't want a mountain in the middle and slopes off be- because of the buildup of, of that all of that, that that small seam um, right but yeah just things like that and then thinking through 
um, how much overage to have and mm -hmm. that I was like, yeah, I, I, conceptually it makes sense, but now if now I have it and like, oh yes, this definitely makes sense. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's been a good experience yeah, to have that and have that additional perspective that I, I like to think that I um, don't need to see things and don't need to do things to learn them, but um, it's good to have that reinforcement of actually, yes, you do need to do these things because it just makes life a lot easier for everybody else. Yeah, it's just another facet of understanding it. And yeah, maybe you don't have to actually see it to like get the concept. But when you do see it, you're like, oh, yeah, that that does matter. I mean, we've had clients that we've told them we need your backing needs to be longer. Like, and we just recently had it happen. And I had to add leaders and I was able to fit her quilt top just barely inside her backing. So when she came to pick it up, I was like, look, this is she was like, oh, I thought it was long enough. I'm like, I love you. And I know that your intention was good. I said, but this is why like you have to measure because otherwise this happens and it's fine. If you don't mind paying us to do it, we'll do it. If you just didn't have enough fabric or whatever, it's, there's no judgment here. It's just, this is why it's important because if I didn't do this, I would not have been able to quilt your quilt for you. Like she's just like, oh man, I didn't even, you know, I think actually seeing it and why that was so important it was like a light bulb for her too because we she knows we want extra and she was just fudge the numbers like oh yeah that's good enough and I was like no more I'm done like making space for this because it just takes so much time to have to sit down and find enough fabric and make it sure that you're attaching it squarely so that it loads straight and properly and can I even get the quilt top to fit within the backing still without going into the leaders and there's just like all these things that you don't have to think about if you've not ever long-armed and or even exactly. if you quilt on a domestic because you don't need the you know you don't need that extra space for loading and and so it's yeah. it's a it's definitely a lesson to learn but I think it's it's for very specific cases of like, yes, I'm getting long-armed or yes, I'm long-arming, but it is an important piece of the process. And so I think just those tiny things we learn along the way are so crucial. And just even thinking, cause like I've been quilting for almost seven years now, but just thinking back to like all those things, all the mistakes I used to make and the things I used to fudge. Cause I was just like, Oh, it's not that important. And now I would like never do those things. It's, it's just crazy how much learning can happen in such a small span of time. And especially with something that it's like, I'm not necessarily doing anything differently. It's just like, I mean, I am, but I'm not, it's a mindset, I guess. <laughs> yes, for sure. You're like, Oh, I do need a seam allowance. I do need to pay attention. I do need to like cut things too what the measurements say and not just like, ah, oh, this is close enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so when I like, I, you know, was digging around and looking at some of your information that you got on your website, but so you've had quite a few quilts in quilt shows. And so when, like what prompted you to start entering quilt shows and what has that been like started my, my first submission was for quilt con 2020 in austin mm -hmm. and i think that what prompted me was peer pressure from <laughs> uh, 
because <laughs> um, the, the the person who did um, who I was using for who long armed a lot of my quilts, um, he was part of the local guild, and um, he had applied some pressure and like, oh yeah, I think I think joining the local guild should be would be good. It would be a good experience. And I joined in like August and they presented the president's challenge. And I was really happy with, with that quilt and um, with the quilt that I had made for that. And so as quilt submissions were happening, I was like, well, everybody else is doing it. I guess I should submit something too. And um, which I'm grateful that, that there was that, that peer pressure because I think otherwise I would have looked at it and like, no, I don't, I don't know. That, that, this probably doesn't need to be seen by anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, but that QuiltCon 2020 um, was my first experience with QuiltCon. And I think with any quilt show also, mm -hmm. uh, like I was just blown away by all of the quilts and seeing, the, seeing in person all of the quilts that I had only seen in photos on Instagram. Um, right. It was a strong motivator for me to try to go to as as many of the the quilt cons and other quilt shows as I could just to see the physical quilts um but it, I think it also encouraged me to take that chance of submitting additional quilts and then the year after that was the quilt con together which was virtual um and so I had I did have some quilts in that which is a different experience since all of the quilts were photographs on website which is fine but then like uh the year after that was 22 in phoenix yeah um it, yeah so i had, had submitted some for that as well and i had some quilts there and i had a quilt this year um uh, in 2023 in atlanta but i also had some this year i also this year in 2023, I decided that I was going to try submitting for um, Quilt Fest in, in Greenville, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, there was a show that w one of their categories was mid-century modern. Mm. And um, usually, like when, since I am part of the MQG and like I, my mindset had been, I'll only do QuiltCon because my my work is so much more contemporary. Like, I feel like that is the right audience. Mm -hmm. But I submitted some some quilts. I even submitted a quilt for this quilt fest show that had shown in QuiltCon, and it was accepted in in there, um, along with another quilt that um, is a two time QuiltCon reject. <laughs> um, but both of those quilts got um best use of color ribbons in the show and so like mm. i think that like i i didn't care that it wasn't first or second or third i i was so i was so excited that it was best use of color um anyway so having having that experience of trying a, uh, an additional show um and having the, the, the quilts accepted in, in in ribbon which i know is not um normal um statistically speaking that's mm -hmm. not usually what happens yeah. um so um it but that that um 
that act of just putting myself out there and well i think this is good enough let's try it and having having that that bit of recognition that yes some at least someone else thinks that too mm -hmm. um is good but i think um this year for quote 2024 it was a good reminder for myself also because i, I submitted six quilts mm. um and like, i was really proud of them and i knew some of them were were pushing the boundaries of what could be at quote con mm. um but I, like, I should try and zero of them were accepted um which when i saw the the, the list of emails i was like oh dang <laughs> but that's it's it was okay for me too because i knew just even putting my name out there and there were what 2200 20 there were a lot of quilts submitted and only 400 some were accepted wow. um i'm really excited to to go to quilt con in 2024 and see all of the quilts that that were accepted not that i'm making quilts for quilt con i'm sure. i'm I'm making the quilts that I want to make and that that I want to see out in the world. Yeah. Um, but I think I think it'll be a good experience to to look at the quilts and just for myself think about what is it that the the jurors saw in all of in all of these quilts that were were accepted. Yeah. Um, and how is it that all of these quilts go together to create this cohesive show? Sure. would have any of my quilts actually fit into this or is it clear that yeah those should not have been in the show because they wouldn't fit into this big cohesive thing mm -hmm. and so I, I, I guess I would say if anyone has submitted to, to quilt con or in or any quilt show and they've not had their quilts accepted um, to still go and and look at the quilts and use that opportunity to think about that type of show is yeah. are, are the quilts that you're making that are they fitting into what that quilt show wants to put forward mm -hmm. um and yeah like what's maybe, the overall vision yes thank you yeah 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 um but also remember that at least for quilt con it's a different set of jurors every year um yeah. and so that's why sometimes you have a, a reject um, multiple years, and then like maybe the last year it it gets accepted. Um, not that wow, once you got that that right person to to accept mm -hmm. it, that that's what it was. But like that group of jurors um, in that year saw how that particular quilt would fit in with with all the others that they wanted to show. Um, yeah, I don't have any. Um, uh words of wisdom of um <laughs> do these things and you'll get accepted all of the mm -hmm. time because obviously zero for six this year mm -hmm. um but i think i think it's also a, just a, a good um opportunity to to reflect on on your own practice and are you making mm -hmm. the things that that you want or are you making things for a show whether they end up in or not but what's your driver for yeah. for your practice and think about that and maybe not get if you have if you, your quilt didn't get accepted um don't dwell on that too much and 
if you did get a quilt in, congratulations. And that, that's super yeah. exciting. So, yeah, that's I, so I'm going, this is my first year, 2024. It'll be my first year going. And, um, so I'm really excited and I've been to a few quilt shows and our, the guild I'm in, we host a, a pretty big show here in the fall. So, but this was my first 2023 was my first year participating in the show in any capacity and I didn't enter anything because I've never entered anything into a show yet but um I was a scribe for the judging and um we hire NACQJ judges um I don't know if you're familiar with that yeah. place that organization <laughs> place um but anyway so this was our second year I guess with this the same two judges and so how they work is well you get the same pair of judges for two years in a row and then they cycle out and so um these two the two judges we had for 2023 were there in 22 which was our first show after all the lockdowns and everything so um anyway it was just so interesting to be a part of that and like I couldn't talk. I could just listen, which was good. Um, <laughs> but just hearing the way that they discuss the quilts and the things like, cause you, when you get judging comments, you only get like 10% of what they've actually said about your quilt. And 99% of the things they say are lovely. Um, they just can't fit it all on a comment sheet, you know, but but the thing that was really a struggle, and I'm I'm tying this back to QuiltCon, I promise. But um, the thing that was a struggle for them was the modern, the quilts that were entered into the modern category, and they bumped one that really should have stayed. Um, and we followed Modern Quilt Guild's definition of modern, but <laughs> I went because I did a whole I did an episode recently about about the quilt show and the judging process and kind of what that means and talk to our guild vice president because she was also in charge of the judging and she's gone through a lot of the trainings anyway but there's like maximalism and then also minimalism on the list and I'm like well how do you <laughs> like it, how do you decide what's the end of that spectrum and how it fits and so um but one of the things that we were also discussing as a board for the guild is like for next year's show or for 2024 show, making sure that our judges are well-versed in what, what the modern quilt guild or what quilt got quilt con deems is modern. Like look at the challenges they provide, look at what they're pushing for their members to make and do and be a part, part of. And so that was just like such an interesting experience to have. Um, and just the idea, and then, and then to learn that they have diff that quilt con has a different slate of judges every year. And some of them sometimes aren't even quilters They're They may be, you know, engineers or architects or do something creative, but they're not quilters made things make more sense because I've followed so many people who submit these amazing pieces to QuiltCon they're like well I got rejected and I'm like oh I'm like screaming you know at my phone looking at Instagram like are you fucking kidding like but yeah. I but that makes sense you're right like if that cohort of judges has a vibe and those quilts that they're looking at just don't fit that then like of course they're not gonna bring it in and they can only accept so many and it doesn't mean that your quilt's not good just because it didn't get into quilt con that year. And, you know, it's 
or if it didn't ribbon, it's like you have to put it in that perspective that this is just like a very small group, two, three, four people looking at your quilt. They can't talk to you, so they don't know your full intention. They don't, the only communication that you have with them is the title of your quilt, the end. And, yeah. and so it's yeah. hard because it's like, we're making art, but then we're asking people to judge it. And then I don't know. It just, it's like, I'm still on such a weird, I'm in a weird place with it because I think like art critics, food critics, like it, people who make jobs out of like judging other people's stuff pisses me off because I think, <laughs> I mean, this is my soapbox here, right? I don't care. But, um, but then it's like, don't let it discourage you. So I can hear that from you too. Like it was one, one instance and it doesn't mean that what you made isn't good. And so I just think it's, it's such a fine line of maybe being slightly disappointed, but then don't let yourself, don't let that define who you are just because one slate of judges didn't, didn't see what you saw in your quilt. So exactly. anyway. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it probably um, one point of clarification too, is that, th that there's a set of people who are the jurors who decide um, what will be entered into QuiltCon. And then at QuiltCon, there's a whole, there are three other people who actually are doing the judging of, of those quilts to okay. do the, to do the ribbons. And so the jurors, um, deciding who, which are accepted and which are not, um, all they, all they have are the title and the large overall photo, and then the detail photo, mm -hmm. they don't have the description or anything like that. And so to what you were saying about, about the judges too. Um, like not, not having that description or, um, having the, the explanation of what, uh, what the piece is representing or anything. Right. Um, it's a lot to, to, to have to, to decide of, of all of these. Yeah. We like these ones, or maybe we choose these ones. <laughs> we don't choose these ones. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's something that I'm even thinking about too. Of um, are are the pieces that I'm making? Why am I making the pieces that I'm making? And mm -hmm. is it for some bigger purpose? Mm -hmm. And if they are great, if they're not, that should be okay too. Yeah. Um, that that it is okay to make a beautiful quilt that someone that one person might hang on their wall, and then another person will wrap themselves in it in front of the couch with a cup of coffee, tea, or hot chocolate, some stain, stainable liquid um, yeah. and chocolate and all of this. Yeah. Um, I think as long as people are, are enjoying what they're making and, and mm -hmm. enjoying the, the final product that's made, yeah. who cares if it's in a shell? I mean, right. I, I also say that knowing it's really cool to, yeah. to, to see the quilts in the show and to have your own quilt there along with um, all these other names that you recognize. Um, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. But it's also yeah. not the only thing. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's just the thing to remember too, is like, yeah, if you're, if you're making what makes you happy, whether it gets into a show or not, or whether you enter it or not, like is 
like non-consequential like inconsequential i don't even know what i'm yeah, saying yeah. inconsequential thank you so much um because if you love it then that's all that really matters and i think sometimes we can get caught up in feeling like we have to make things that other people are going to like and maybe other people will like them but but ultimately it's like do you feel good about what you made the work that you put into it the effort that it took to do the thing and if it got into a show cool if not like it still doesn't take the value away from it and so I think if if people are making what they want to make and it just happens to fit you know into a show of some kind and they enter it then that's great like I want to I want people to do that if that's what they want to do you know and I not that it matters what I want or don't want but I think feeling that encouragement of like if people get something out of having their quilts in a show and and they find value in the feedback that they receive then great like then do that but you don't have to be in quilt shows to be a valuable quilter or valuable art maker and so I think it's a good exactly. takeaway for sure but yeah yeah oh man oh man it's a big thing like I think just it like is. the stress about and I just like you know again vicariously because I have not entered a quilt show ever but just like seeing everybody's rush to like get their submissions in and and it was the same you know with our guild show like you just submit a photograph and it's like but you don't get to see and and I think that's the thing too is like they're not seeing the actual quilt itself and maybe the visual impact in person is so much greater than in a photograph and so I feel for the jurors and the judges because they've only been able to see I guess not the judges because they get to see the actual quilts but the jurors trying to decide what's getting in the show maybe they just missed something because the photograph just didn't tell the full story when if they had seen it in person they would have been like oh okay I get it now you know I don't know it's yeah. it's hard exactly. but it's not like you can mail your quilt have them look at it and then mail it back to you you know it's like there's yeah. there's limits and so anyway yeah that's it's crazy to like probably too for you to like have been accepted to all these things and then <laughs> to get everything rejected i just when i what, saw that do I they just, don't like me anymore what like, what's going on what did I do? <laughs> exactly yeah. oh man that's probably like i if it was me i would have been like oh, i'm done i i have to quit there's nothing left for me now <laughs> yeah i mean i i, I think what was really interesting for me too this year um one thing that was interesting for me was that um like last year I was really struggling to find quilts to submit and submitted one and I submitted two and one one got in mm -hmm. um and this year I felt like I had a really productive um productive year in terms of the quantity of quilts that I made and a um a quality year of I guess productive in terms of quality also that mm -hmm. um, and so some of the quotes that that I submitted um, too many all uh, I think most of the quotes that I yeah most of the quotes that I submitted were in were part of the solo show that I had at a um, 
at a gallery at a local college this mm. this summer and so um i think i think the fact that i had those up in that show and that they i had received a lot of positive feedback um about the quotes in that show i think that i think that helped me be like okay they didn't get into QuiltCon. i really want people to see these particular quilts but um they've already been seen by some people and mm -hmm. that's okay maybe next year i'll i mean i will submit them next year um yeah. in 2024 for 2025 but yeah even if they are not accepted again um i think at least right now i'm in a place where i'm proud of the the pieces and I'm okay yeah. that the the jur the jur jury that the jury um didn't see didn't see them fit fitting in the 2024 cohort of quilts and which I hope that I feel like that next year and yeah when I sub submit them again but um, yeah. yeah it's it's a journey um that I have no guidance on how to <laughs> go on that journey it's everyone gets to figure it out for themselves I think yeah do you see yourself like submitting them to other shows like other places yeah I, th I think I will be um uh I think w one or two of them based on their construction and some of the techniques that are used um I think could lend themselves more to a non-contemporary quilt show like QuiltCon mm -hmm. um and so I will be trying some different different shows and um even like non-quilt shows like as like art art shows that are mm -hmm. having calls for submission I'll, I'll I will try some of those too just um because I don't have a lot of experience with that um mm -hmm. and so I want to give it a go and yeah. give it a try and see 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 how things are accepted yeah. I think it would just be interesting to see, like, you know, if you do enter them into other shows, like where they end up and like what, what about them fed into the overall view of, of ish one show over another, you know, it's, it would just be interesting to see like what could come of that. Cause you know, like you said, just cause it doesn't get into QuiltCon one year doesn't mean it's not good or that it couldn't be do well in a different show. And there's tons of quilt shows all year long, everywhere over the, all over the country. So it's, I say that again, coming from a person who's never entered, <laughs> but sure. you know, there's gotta be success in numbers. Like exactly. how many shows can I enter? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today and being willing to talk about the quilt con stuff because I've you know, it could be tender for some, and I just appreciate your willingness to go there with me. And like I've mentioned, I'm kind of on the fence with it still, as far as quilt shows go and like entering quilts, but, but I do love, I do love quilt shows and I do love getting to see people's art. And this being the first time I'm going to quilt con, like I'm, I keep getting like so emotional when I think about it, because I've talked to so many people through my podcast and like in this way where it's like we've met we talk we talk online you know through Instagram whatever and it's great but it's like getting to see this person's work in real life and see them in real life I'm just like I have to like keep it together 
exactly it just feels like such a beautiful thing that so many people from different corners of the country and with different focuses and quilting can all come together to show in person that we really do you know care about each other and and we really do want each other to be successful and and just get to share that in person so it's just I'm getting so excited for it but anyway <laughs> yeah it's it, it it's an exciting experience that um I was not I was not prepared for my quote 2020 visit um mm. both in terms of the how beautiful all of the quilts were and how overwhelmed I was by the quilts themselves but also um overwhelmed by all the awesome people who mm -hmm. were there too that people that I'd interacted with only on Instagram and realized that meeting them in person that they were just as awesome in person as as they were on the gram and all of this and um yeah yeah so I, I think knowing um that I guess you've had experience going to a culture already and so but knowing that that opportunity of meeting everybody is there, um, mm -hmm. you're already like 10 steps ahead of me. So you're going to be great. <laughs> I know, I'm like, and I'll have my mom with me. So I'll be like, I'll be able to hide behind her if I feel nervous. No, I'm, just, I'm exactly. like, I'm almost 40. I need to get over it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to seeing everybody and, and just, yeah, experiencing it. And I just, yeah, just being there, being in the room where everybody is and where it's all happening and finally stepping into that. And I think too, part of it was just like, oh, we're just a little, a small business. Like we have, we have no business going to these things. And I'm like, yes, we do. And, you know, I think really pushing like for myself on this end, you know, the back end of things, like really pushing harder into and leaning harder into the podcast has like made me be like no you know what I know like 90% of the people that are going to be there <laughs> that's a high number but like why shouldn't I be there you know it's like changing that mindset too of like yeah everybody should go you know I mean I know there's yeah. barriers but if you can and you want to then don't kid yourself like you belong there and anyway yes. so exactly. How exciting. Well, do you have, I know you've been designing for some different sew alongs and different like kind of block of the month type things, but do you have any new projects coming up that we can look for in 2024? Um, I mean, it, these have already been announced. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, so I, I do have a pattern in, or a, I contributed a block pattern to the Quilters Planner um, for mm -hmm. 2024. To look for that um I contributed contributed some blocks to um the cosmic collection 12 minis for 12 months mm -hmm. um so i have that too um i feel like there's something else coming up but i can't recall what it is um off the top of my head so i think i will just say watch instagram and my newsletter and i'll i'll share that information in there too Cool. Awesome. And so where can people get to you online so they can keep checking on you? <laughs> yeah. So um, probably the, the best up to the week, um, up to the every other day, um, 
statuses on the Instagram where I'm at um, Ben Millett, B-E-N-M-I-L-L-E-T-T. Um, also, I have a newsletter um, and you can access that from um, my website, benmillett.us, so B-E-N-M-I-L-L-E-T-T dot U-S. Um, I've newsletter and I have a blog on there too. Awesome. And I'll put the links in the show notes so people can get directly to you. And cool. yeah, well, thank you again so much. And I've appreciated your time and I can't wait to meet you in person very soon and yeah. get to experience yeah. CloakCon and all the fun things. Yeah. We'll look yeah. for your awesome block patterns and see the stuff that you come up with and share for awesome. 2024. A, that sounds great. Thanks. Yeah. Look, look forward to, to meeting you in person too. Thanks. Thanks.